G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. As we do when we have this particular guest on today, an opportunity to sort of move into the deep end and talk through some issues about our inner world and how we as Christian believers can very easily become consumed by activity. When action is our main priority, we risk the consequences of not maintaining an inner life. Well, the darker side, of course, is lapsing into places like being cynical and burning out and being in a place of despair. Well, our special guest today is one of Australia's deepest Christian thinkers. He's written more than 25 books. He's internationally renowned for his beautiful way of discerning the deeper issues of the heart. In his new book, he's written about the ways we integrate the head, the heart and the hands, a way of describing our minds, our passions and our actions. Our special guest through this coming hour, Dr. Charles Ringmer. He has a new book out called In the Midst of Much Doing, Cultivating a Missional Spirituality. Now, you might know Charles Ringmer as the leader that brought Teen Challenge to Australia more than 50 years ago. These days, he is retired but serving on one of the committees for the upcoming Lausanne Congress in Seoul, Korea next year. He's an honorary research associate professor in studies in religion in the University of Queensland, and he continues to serve as an elder for the mission Servants to Asia's Urban Poor. Uh, Dr. Charles Ringmer, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. And Charles, as we get this conversation underway, we're going to be talking about uh, this new book, but it's not just one book. You've got a number of new books that are either just been released or about to. Uh, Give us a little insight into your writing as it is standing at the moment. Yeah, basically, Neil, what I try to do is uh, find some sort of balance between um, academic writing on the one hand So this particular book, um, In the Midst of Much Doing, is actually a textbook uh, for pastors, uh, lay people, um, uh, missionaries, um, people who are involved, for example, in community development projects, etc., etc. Because one of the the things that I've noticed over the years, uh, being involved in various forms of mission work myself, that it's very, very easy that uh, that much doing ends up setting the agenda for our lives. And that then can have all sorts of unfortunate consequences. Actually, what happened was uh, in the very early days of Teen Challenge, I think we were only into our third year of ministry, I had a major breakdown. And it took me uh, more than six months to recover. And that was probably uh, the best blessing that ever came my way because I then uh, had to come to terms with the fact uh, that I was um, simply responding to all sorts of needs, um, but, um, but I wasn't really involved in appropriate self-care. 
And what also happens is in our much doing, uh, prayer, contemplative practices, other spiritual practices can very easily go out of the window. And so we don't live a life that is um, properly sustained uh, in terms of Sabbath practices, uh, in terms of prayer, uh, recreational activities and so forth and so on. So ever since that time, so that happened a long, long time ago, Neil, I've forever struggled with the issue of um, what's it look like to live a more integrated life. So in terms of virtually all of the writing that I've done, um, a lot of it has had to do with spiritual practices on the one hand, and on the other hand, missional engagement. And I've tried to increasingly as time has gone on to try to bring those two together in a more integrated kind of way. And the other books that you are working on or have just released, you're actually doing a book too on the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, and yes. uh, and some others as well. Just uh, for the breadth of the sorts of things you like to talk about, uh, there's, there's, there's quite a significant uh, variation, isn't there? Well, well, that's true, but I think at the end of the day, Neil, uh, what I am concerned about, so for example, uh, one of the books that's about to be published is a pocket catechism. Now, catechism these days is no longer a favourite word for anybody. Like, you know, it, it sort of sounds incredibly ancient. But one of my concerns has been that um, that there are many contemporary Christians who do not have any solid ground under their feet in terms of what they believe, what scripture teaches, uh, basic spiritual practices and so forth and so on. So so part of part of my my writing has had to do with seeking to in, encourage Christians for the church to be more grounded uh, for the church to be uh, more faithful in terms of its orientation towards scripture and prayer but at the same time for the church also to be very much involved in mission and ministry and when i say church neil i don't mean simply the organizational church do you know what i'm saying yeah so for example a, a particular church might have certain projects um a particular church um, may have certain activities with regard to prayer meetings, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, each each member of the church, each Christian, has to integrate both personal spiritual practices. On the one hand, we can't just rely on the church. It's all Monday to Saturday in our own personal lives, and then at the same time, I believe is called both to love God and to love the neighbor. So, so basically what that means is that every Christian is really a missional person. And I think that, that it's, it's that kind of thinking that has been very much the focus of much of my writing. It, it really has to do with um, empowering and mobilizing the whole people of God with regard to what they do from Sunday to Saturday. So, so Sunday is an important phase in terms of a Christian's life, but it's also what happens in terms of what we do personally, 
what we do at home, what we do in our jobs, what we do recreationally and so on. Charles, this embraces every single believer because just in case uh, we were thinking that you're only talking to people who are leaders or people who are actively involving in church life here, every Christian believer from that moment they have that first encounter with God, uh, they're on a a growth trajectory, aren't they? Uh, We're all on a journey towards maturity and uh, if that journey uh, towards maturity even involves uh, this sort of idea of having so much activity that you burn out and have the experience you were describing a little earlier, uh, learning along the way what it is to balance that outer life with the inner life, is that a fair enough way to talk about the activity of our lives being like the outer life and there are other things and you talk about um, you know this sort of way of uh, even meditating and uh, really yeah. getting an inner life uh, active uh, is there is there a good way of just bringing that distinction yes so so first of all uh, Neil um, I, I think it's very important for us to no longer think in terms of stages um, the Christian journey is a journey. It's a whole of life experience uh, from the moment we are converted um, till, till we go to glory. Uh, we, we are constantly learning. We are constantly growing. Theologically, that's what we talk about in terms of the move from justification to sanctification. Um, so I think we need to be very careful that we don't, uh, in contemporary terms, think of I've reached this stage or, or this is, I've had this experience, so therefore I can now sort of relax or whatever. Uh, we, we can't have that kind of thinking. Now, in terms of the other issue that you raised, which I think is very important, um, I would like to emphasize three things. So Christian spirituality has an upward orientation or transcendence, which has to do with our orientation towards God. And that very clearly involves uh, reading scripture, it involves prayer, um, various spiritual practices and so on. But Christian spirituality also has to have an inner orientation towards uh, us increasingly being transformed into the likeness of Christ. So that has to do with inner growth, Uh, learning to drink from the deep wells um, of of Scripture, uh, learning to be more attentive to the Holy Spirit, uh, engaging in spiritual practices and so on. And then there's the outward, which has to do with the way in which we seek to be witnesses uh, towards other people. So it's a tripartite or a threefold orientation Godward, inward, and outward. And I think what, what, um, what I'm trying to emphasize is that these three dimensions always belong together. And let me give you a very simple example. Um, when, when one is involved in seeking to reach out to the neighbor in some way, we very, very quickly realize that, that we can only do so much. It's ultimately what God has to do in that particular situation. So the moment I go outward towards the neighbor, I I go inward in terms of recognizing my own need, and I go upward in terms of seeking God's 
uh, presence and God's power to be at work in a particular situation. So, so one of the things, Neil, that, uh, that uh, has impacted me greatly is that having lived both in the West and having also lived and worked for many, many years in Asia, uh, I've come to the realization that, uh, that one of the problems of Western thinking is that very, very easily we Westerners put things in little boxes, box over here, a box over there, a box over there. But, but we need to realize that the Bible is not a Western book. It's Middle Eastern book. It comes from a very, very different uh, worldview, if you like. And an Asian worldview is, is far closer to that of, um, of the Middle East, which thinks in much more integrated ways. Things belong much more together. So, so part of uh, what I'm attempting to do in the midst of much doing, cultivating a missional spirituality, is to, is to overcome the, the fragmentation that I believe is so much, unfortunately, a part of Western life, but that has also infiltrated into the life of the church. It's impacted as, us as Christians. I don't think that we realize enough about how much Western culture has actually shaped us and impacted us, uh, even, even as Christians. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We are in the deep end and our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. To join in our conversation, our special guest is Dr. Charles Ringmer. He has a new book out. It's called In the Midst of Much Doing, Cultivating a Missional Spirituality. And as you've been listening in to the first part of our conversation... We've been talking about the outer life, which is often governed by lots of activity, but has some big downsides if you're not careful about the inner life, uh, which is an orientation towards God. So 1-800-316-316 to be able to join into our conversation. Charles, let me ask you about the balance uh, between the head Sometimes we talk about the mind as the head and the heart, uh, the emotions and the hands, our activity. Uh, sometimes that's just a simple way of describing getting some sort of a balance right for our lives. What are your thoughts about those issues, head, heart and hands? So basically, uh, the way that I've developed it in the book, Neil, is that um, that head has to do with uh, theological formation, um, in other words, it has to do with uh, knowing uh, the Word of God and the wisdom of God and also the ways of God. Um, when I talk about um, heart, I, I talk about our, our passions and our convictions. And when I talk about the hand, uh, that has to do with, with the outworking, our activism and so forth and so on. So, so just imagine for a moment... If, if we would only focus on the hand, so we're just doing things, right? We're just active. But that doesn't come from a deep-seated passion or from the deep wells of spirituality. And it's not guided by, 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 by Scripture in terms of what God is calling us to do. Then what happens is we can end up in mere activism, 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. And uh, now take for example, take for example the head. So so, so let's say for example that um, that you're a person who's very much oriented towards wanting to know things. You're oriented towards reading scripture and so forth and so on. And you've got all this head knowledge. But if there's no passion, there's no fire in your belly, so to speak, um, and there's no practical outworking, then very, very clearly we, we, we're not reflecting um, what the fundamental concept is in, in Scripture in that we are called to love God with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, so that's what I'm concerned about, that, that what we need to do is, is we need to make sure that that information and knowledge is important, that passion and motivation is important, and then practical outworking in terms of strategy, uh, having a vision, practical outworking, and so on. And those three then, I believe, need to be interrelated. Let's touch on this thought of activism for a moment because uh, that can be defined in a whole lot of different ways and sometimes we're thinking yes. of political activism. But when you say activism, I suspect you're talking about the sort of activity that is generated usually within your local church, which might be very much an active way of being community focused uh, but you're also bringing this other balance and says that says there is an inner life here that you ought not to be uh, neglecting because if you neglect that inner life and there's going to be some things that don't look very activist uh, when you're doing that inner life development uh, but that's an equally important element because the activism might not mean much if you don't get the inner life right is that a, a way of, of, of talking about that Yes, that, that's, uh, that's well put, Neil. Um, however, I, I don't only have uh, church-related activism in mind. I also have personal activism in mind in terms of, um, you know, the way that, uh, that I spend my day and, and, and the way that I function on a day-to-day on a, a -day basis. So, so for example... Um, I'm, uh, I, I drank in um, the Protestant work ethic with my mother's milk, if, if you know what I mean. Yep, yep. So I come from a reform background. I'm, I'm Dutch. Um, so the whole orientation in terms of reform Christianity and being a Dutchman at the same time has got very much to do with activity, making things happen and, and, and so on. So, so the Dutch tend to be very, very productive kind of and activist kind of people. So, so one of the things that I had to do is I had to come to terms with my, my heritage and with my ethnicity and, and, and put that, if you like, to the scrutiny of Scripture and to the wisdom of God um, and open that up to the Holy Spirit in terms of, of, of whether some very fundamental changes needed to take place in my life in terms of my much doing. So, so much doing, I think, is an issue in the church, it can be. It can also be a personality issue. And it can also be workaholism, a daily activity. And you and I both know the incredible pressures that uh, people are under today in the workplace. It's, it's no longer simply an eight-hour day 
you know you're also on call um, when you're at home when you're having a meal um, often you have to work back late at night before you go to work in the morning so so there's huge pressures in terms of doing 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 and if if we don't have appropriate processes in mind with regard to uh, inner recovery and inner revitalization, uh, we can soon get into difficulty. And one of the things that uh, has really struck me is that these days, when a major corporation is um, interviewing a person to become the next CEO, one of the questions that they ask is in terms of work and reflective balance. So, so one of the questions that they ask of a potential CEO, do you also down your tools and do you also spend time staring out of the window? <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? The point, and that's, the point they're trying and to... that's being seen as a virtue, a good uh, element, yes. not a bad one. Exactly, exactly. Whereas I think the danger in contemporary Western Christianity in particular is that it's always to do with doing, and that's how we're recognized, and that's how we are uh, appreciated uh, within the life of the church. And if I may just make a point, uh, over time, you know, the, the midweek prayer meeting has basically disappeared out of most of our churches. Yeah. And I think that's significant. And that might indicate uh, that the church itself is not as consumed with the inner life as it ought to be. And uh, there's some challenges in all of that because, yes, you can go through the motions, but if the inner life isn't being recharged and revitalized, uh, then it may be a whole lot of activity for no merit, uh, for no growth. Uh, that might be a challenging thing too. Hey, just a couple of minutes out from news, Charles, uh, some practical things. I know that some listeners will be seeing themselves in here and they're saying, well, you know, I've got a little bit of a tendency to be a workaholic. Uh, whether it's in my business, uh, whether it's in my church, whether it's in my even the, the sorts of hobbies and things that I might pursue, this thought of taking time to recover and revitalize, any practical thoughts you might have just uh, 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 for about 60 seconds? Yes, absolutely. So the simplest thing to do is that in the midst of your much doing, take um, 10 minutes where you just shut, shut what you're doing shut it down, shut your computer, turn off your phone, and, 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 and don't, don't then move into uh, a few minutes of, of active prayer. Just, just enter into a few moments of solitude, of just being still. Uh, Charles, uh, why don't we take a call? Uh, Solomon is in Sydney. Hello, Solomon. Welcome along. Yeah, good morning, uh, or good afternoon there, uh, Neil. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, Solomon, good to hear from you. What are your thoughts for our conversation? Yeah, well, first of all, I'd, I'd, I'd just like to uh, um, thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Neil, for bringing Dr. Charles along and uh, to interview in this uh, uh, critical time of, uh, of uh, the Christian faith in Australia. And... Uh, I'm, I'm so uh, blessed just thinking about uh, what, what uh, we have been doing in, in the application of what uh, Dr. Charles has been saying in the last few minutes. And uh, 
I just wish that uh, the whole of uh, Australian Christendom will be listening right now or have the opportunity to listen in the, in the podcast that will be recorded later. But what I want to bring in is, is if you don't mind, just teased out a little bit more in regards to the Western uh, thinking of um, uh, trying to uh, box uh, your mindset or ticking boxes here and there when when the mindsets of the Middle East and the Asian, it's closest to it, uh, is more fluent and more uh, one. Uh, Very good thoughts here, Solomon. Uh, Let's come to Charles. Uh, Tease out a little more here, Charles, this difference between our Western way of thinking and an Eastern way of thinking about our inner world. Yes, so, uh, so thank you, Solomon. That's a very, very good question. Um, so again, I want to reiterate that, um, that the Bible is not a Western book. Uh, it's Middle Eastern, and, um, and that has all sorts of implications. And a Western way of thinking um, it is, for example, characterized by first of all the notion of either or so it's either this or it's that whereas whereas so much of life is not simply either or it is both and so for example um, i am i am both in christ as a christian uh, but i'm also in the world as a citizen so so, so really, really, what we need to do is 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 to emphasise both and at that particular point, and not simply either or. For example, in some Christian circles, there is um, an emphasis that a good Christian is on about um, evangelism and basically only evangelism. But but on the other hand, um, what about the work of justice? What about the work of healing, etc., uh, etc.? Et what about the fact that Jesus confronted the religious leaders of his day and those who were in power um, in his particular day, as well as the proclamation that he was doing and the work of healing. So, so it's it's basically um, Western thinking tends to overplay definitions and distinctions. Whereas, whereas I, I believe that what we need to recapture is that the view of the Bible is more integrated, more holistic. Uh, it has to do with, with all of who we are, our body as well as our, our inner life, um, as well as our knowledge, as well as our action and so forth and so on. So, so it's an attempt to re- recapture that. I think that's also partly what's at play uh, in the book that I have written. Solomon, anything uh, further to add? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just uh, want to uh, point out whether this has to do with the, uh, the issue of uh, denominationalism that came through the uh, colonial era, because in, 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 interestingly, the, the, the early settlers, they were feverishly doing things and. Also setting up uh, churches, and then it seemed 
seems to have uh, lost on the wayside. Uh, You're reflecting on something here, very important, I think, that there must have been something of a substantial inner life in much of early colonial Australia uh, for the dramatic expansion and uh, the Christianisation of Australia uh, right up until the Federation where it reached a a peak. Uh, We might have seen a little bit of a decline uh, coming down since then, but uh, very important there, Solomon, the, the thought that's those early settlers uh, must have had something of an inner life that was made as part of their routine. Any thoughts there, Charles? Now, if I may, if this is okay, uh, Solomon and Neil, if, if, if I may address that in, in a, a little bit of a broader way. So, so, so first of all, one of the things that we do need to realise is that the way in which uh, uh, Christianity uh, particularly in the 18th and 19th century, was brought to the rest of the world. Um, we now, looking back, we realise that um, that that while it had much to do with the gospel, it also had to do with Western cultural values. So it was a bit of a mixed bag. And uh, and what we are more aware of today is is uh, is that that much of what we do. Um, as Christians, is not only what comes from Scripture, but also comes from the culture in which we are grown, have grown up in. So, um, and that can then raise uh, problems. For example, uh, when we then work in another culture, um, we we then bring with us both uh, both Scripture, but also certain Western ways of doing worship, or whatever the case may be. And, and that then needs to be challenged. And I think we're, we're now in an, in an environment where the Christianity in what we call the majority world, the non-Western world, is a Christianity which in many, many ways is quite different to, uh, to Western Christianity. So, so these are sort of issues that we need to, need to wrestle with. Um, to become more aware, I think, of the way in which Western culture has impacted us uh, in terms of unhelpful ways, and I believe a certain unlearning uh, needs to take place. So one of the things we now talk about is what does post-colonial Christianity look like? Thank you so much for your call, Solomon, in Sydney. And our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Interesting uh, post-colonisation. People are even talking about post-Christian in our very secularised Australia. Uh, Charles, your thoughts here on maybe what that secularisation does to our thinking, even within the church uh, where you've got this assumption, and as you were saying, you know, what's what happens from Sunday through Saturday, uh, the rest of the week, other than our time of worshipping in church, a very secularised view that leaves God out of it altogether. Uh, what do you think that's doing to our inner life? Um, that's that's a very good question, uh, Neil, and thank you again, Solomon, for uh, for your good question. I think what we need to do is just come back to uh, to Romans 12. Uh, you know, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I mean, that's a that's a very very fundamental passage in the Pauline writings. The fact that Paul could say that implies that he recognised that um, that Christians of his time could be too conformed to the contemporary culture. 
And I think that, um, that what we need to do is that we need to have a heightened awareness of the way in which uh, contemporary culture is so all-pervasive in terms of the media, in terms of technology, etc., 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 movies, on and on it goes. And as a consequence, I think that one of the things that we need to think more carefully about is um, in what ways has contemporary culture affected us as contemporary Christians? And to what extent do we need to question aspects of our culture? Now, let me give you a very simple example. Virtually all missional thinkers in the Western world identify contemporary Western Christianity as consumer Christianity. Now what they mean by that is that people basically go to church in terms of what they can get, in terms of blessing, experience, encouragement, etc, etc. Now, now, the concept of consumerism is at the heart of Western culture. And we need to ask the question, do we basically go to church with a consumer mentality or do we come to church with a worship mentality, um, a thank-giving mentality, a serving mentality, etc., etc., and not just simply, um, I'm, I'm, I'm there to get God's blessing, which is a consumer mentality. So, so, so what I'm saying, Neil, is I think that we need to be, as contemporary Christians, much more discerning about the way in which contemporary society is invading us and influencing us. We're invaded and influenced by those forces that are coming upon us because of the culture that we live in. So for the Christian believer, Charles, uh, let me ask you about uh, this word passion, uh, the passions of our hearts. And uh, if we're all honest, we might even say that there are passions of our hearts that are uh, both evil and good. Um, the way that those passions become a part of the, the sorts of things we need to be concerned about in our inner world. What are your thoughts here? Yes, well, very clearly uh, what needs to happen is that we need to recognise, as you rightly point out, that we have all sorts of passions. And, and uh, our passions uh, need to be uh, reformed. Uh, they need to be transformed um, and as you've mentioned quite a few times, uh, Neil, uh, the important theme of the whole of the New Testament is to become more Christ-like. So it has to do with the process of... So what that involves of unlearning, unlearning, and terms with what is it that basically... You know, what's our most fundamental passion... So, for example, it can be a passion towards wanting to be powerful. It can be a passion towards wanting to be significant. But I think our fundamental passion uh, has to do with seeking by the grace of God and through the work of the Holy Spirit to become more, more conformed to the person and work of Christ. That's the great 
That's the great thrust of the New Testament. So in that sense, uh, Jesus Christ is really uh, not simply Savior and Lord, but Jesus Christ is the icon of what the new humanity should look like. And, uh, and if we could all be more Christ-like, both at home um, and in the workplace and in our mission and in the way we do our churches, uh, it could well be that a better world would come into being. So we're believing what Jesus believed, uh, saying even what Jesus said, behaving in the way that Jesus behaves. Uh, does this uh, really bring this down to something that we can all grapple with a little bit, and that is what Jesus would look like as he's doing our work or as he's raising our family or as he's involved in our community? Is this a way of thinking about that Christ-likeness? And if you're into uh, contemplating what that looks like, uh, then what happens on the inside eventually comes out to the outside. Is that a way of talking about how a life is transformed, Charles? Uh, yes, and... Um it is like that, and uh, and also um, I, I think that uh, we can ground that even more biblically, and that is to say that um, that the central thrust of the New Testament is not just simply that we believe in Christ in terms of his death and resurrection and the salvation that he brought, but um, but Christ. Christ is also present in us through the Holy Spirit. So, so there is a sense of, of Christ being within. So, so again, the Pauline epistles talk a lot about that. Um, so, so when I talk about the inner life, Neil, I'm not simply talking about our inner life. I'm talking about our inner life with the inner life with Christ through the Spirit. So, so Christ then becomes the, the center of our passion and our life. Now, now we will never live that perfectly. Um, therefore, Christ needs to grow in us, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, we have a lot to do in terms of learning to be more uh, obedient and more open to the work of the Spirit and so on. But, but that's the fundamental uh, reality. There is an inner dynamic within our lives that needs to come to fuller expression. Let's turn to some practical things, Charles, uh, because if we're desirous of having this transformed inner life, uh, as you say, it's Christ within, an inner life with Christ through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Uh, so we talked a little bit earlier about just taking time, uh, switch everything off, take 10 minutes just to be still before God. What are some other practical things that you can recommend for listeners today to get a, a, a grip and a handle on how you might move forward uh, with a transformed life, uh, but by giving attention to this inner world uh, that we all have? Okay, yes. A very good uh, question, Neil. So that's a, that's a wonderful invitation, isn't it, for a sermon almost. <laughs> uh, but but let, me just, let me just mention some, some of the, the, the basic building blocks, if you like. Uh, the first is that we need to become people of the Word. We need to read the Gospel. 
we need to read scripture. Script, the word of God needs to find also a place um, in, in our minds, but also sink into our hearts. So that's that's one, one building block. Um, the, the other building block um, has to do with prayer. And I first of all have in mind prayer as friendship with God. So the practices of solitude before I want to emphasize the importance of intercessory prayer for our family, for our church, for what's happening in our world and so on. So solitude and intercessory prayer are, are two other building blocks. Um, the, other, the other building block is uh, comes under the term asceticism. Now, uh, what that what that term simply uh, meant in the Greek world was uh, the training of an athlete, um, and uh, the New Testament does does talk about uh, that kind of language. So, so if you want to be an athlete, I I, I used to be an athlete actually. Uh, one of the things that you have to come to terms with is that there are things that you decide that you cannot do. Not because they're bad, but you cannot do them. They're good because it will have an impact on your ability to be an athlete. So in other words, you're willing to sacrifice certain good things in order that the thing to which you are committed uh, can be further enhanced. Now, I believe that we need to recapture that notion in terms of our spiritual life, the way we live our life. So, so instead of thinking about um, only repenting from sin and wrongdoing, I think we also need to start thinking about what is it that I can lay aside, which is a good thing in and of itself, in order that I might grow more deeply in love of God and love of neighbor. Um, so that might involve fasting, it might involve relinquishing certain things, it may involve saying no to certain things, um, but very, very clearly, um, in terms of the whole Christian tradition, um, that that was an important part of, of uh, how Christians have thought uh, throughout the last 2,000 years, but I think it's fallen into disrepute, particularly in the West, because basically in the West, our mentality is we want everything and we want Jesus as well. And we need to want Jesus more than everything. And uh, exactly. that's very, very powerful thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come back to some more very basic things, um, you know, switching everything off and having 10 minutes of silence and solitude before God. Uh, this reordering of the inner life. And uh, you uh, even have some thoughts about how you might do that in your workplace by, uh, if you have the opportunity to do it, uh, blocking out some time and taking a few minutes away from the desk or your uh, tools and uh, taking a prayer walk. Uh, how do you think that prayer walk might transform an inner life even in the workplace? Okay, so so a couple of things. Uh, one of them, so so if you take any time out, uh, the, the the issue the issue is to be um, silent and attentive 
to the inner voice of God, to the Holy Spirit. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing in, in being silent um, and practicing solitude is also to be more attentive to what's going on around you. So, for example, uh, Neil, I have worked almost as much in secular work as I have done in Christian work. And one of the things that I learned to do in secular work also was to become more attentive to my workmates and work colleagues. And it was in the times of where I was practicing silence and being attentive that the Holy Spirit would remind me of, Charles, you need to talk to this person or you need to help this person or you need to pray for this person. So in other words, um, our, our, our practices of Christian spirituality are not just simply so that we become better and more spiritual, more wonderful. It also has to do very much with us becoming more missional, um, practicing love of God and love of neighbor. So attentiveness towards God, I think, should also then be complemented with attentiveness to our workmates, colleagues, members of our family, etc. And is that, in some sense, uh, a breath of fresh air for people who think that their maturity has to be in uh, memorising lengthy tracts of Scripture and uh, understanding theological depth, uh, when you can grasp some of these things that I know that some listeners will recognise sound quite simple, and yet they are so profound. Uh, there's something in here for everyone uh, when you want to talk about what happens, uh, what you do in the midst of this much doing. We have run out of time, Charles, and I'd love to keep on talking, and we might have to make another date for another day uh, because we didn't get as much into really what that missional mentality looks like, and I know that you are just uh, full of wisdom on all sorts of good things around a missional spirituality. For listeners, you might want to get a hold of Charles' new book. It's called In the Midst of Much Doing, Cultivating a Missional Spirituality. Uh, Dr. Charles Ringmer has been our guest. Uh, Charles has a website. It's Charles Ringmer, R-I-N-G-M-A, charlesringmer.com, charlesringmer.com. And uh, you'll be able to get a hold of all sorts of books that Charles has written over the years. Uh, he's written more than 25. I've probably underestimated that number uh, a little there, but you can get a hold of all of those sorts of books. Just simply do a Google search and you'll find lots of books that have been written by Charles Ringmer. He is uh, one of those wonderful and what we might say deeper thinkers about these issues and especially around beautiful ways of discussing this inner life. Charles, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with listeners today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and thank you, listeners. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.